Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. Uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99 This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is October 15, 2021, halfway through the month, first month of the quarter, and we're in the start and earnings season. Serious earnings season finally starting to get hot. So that's good. And I, I have some comments on that today. So how many times have you heard me warn you about volatility? Right? A ton of times. Tons and tons and tons. I don't think it's going to stop. I don't think so. And I wrote about it. Uh, whenever the Federal Reserve has a policy change, okay, whenever they announce a policy change, talk about a policy change or does or in the midst of a policy change, the market is volatile. Okay? Going from one one very easy money to tighter money. Now, the tighter money has been very, 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 very gentle and hasn't even started yet. It's going to start in November. But the market reacts to what they see is going to happen, not what is today, what they see going to happen. And that's what we're dealing with volatility. We're dealing with the change. And everybody, the market has known this for several months. There's a change coming, change coming. So they knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. So that that causes even more volatility in the market when they do make the change. So just expect more to come. I'm just saying that. It's just what's happening. I always start the program with our mission statement, and that is independent thinking and shared success. And I, I state that statement because I want to make sure you understand that I'm going to give you the facts. The facts as we see them and the data that we have, the data could be wrong, but Generally, it's not. All the past data is correct. Any future expectations, earnings reports and all those earnings expectations, those are all speculation. I mean, when I say speculation, it's informed speculation. You know, we, we have, you know, we're, we're trying to get be as accurate as possible. So is all the data providers. We're all trying to figure it all out. So, but I will give you the facts that as I know them. And then you take those facts. You take that fall. You take that. You take those facts and do with what you want. So let's go ahead and get right to the first caller. Let's go to Corey in Ohio. Hi, Corey. How you doing? Hey, great, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. I have a question in regards to Viper Energy Partners. Uh, I bought them over a year ago in my Roth IRA at nine bucks a share. Uh-huh. Um, when it when it got up to about nineteen dollars a share, I sold half of my position, okay. and then. It's now broken out to 24. It's about 5% of my portfolio. I'm just trying to figure out what to do with it now. Um, I've got another 30 years before retirement, so I'm not sure if I should just sit back and collect the dividends or keep trimming and kind of, I don't know. I guess I'm having troubles trying to figure out um, if I sell it, where do I put the money? Okay. Well, the first, first, let me say you did a good job already. 
You know, trimming is always smart when you've doubled your money. It's always smart to trim it. You don't want your porf- you want stock to get too heavy of a portfolio. I, I start to trim. This question was asked of me in, in an email a couple of days ago, and I told him I start to trim when one of my positions gets to be about ten percent. Uh, uh, of the portfolio, and I think that's too heavy, not cut back. Okay, so um, the numbers, I would go for the numbers first. Viper Energy's partners as limited partnership requires and develops oil and natural gas properties in the Permian Basin in West Texas. Uh, they're going to make 95 cents next year after making 57 cents this year, making me after making 28 cents last year. Uh, sales growth was 249% this quarter, 23% last quarter. And we know that prices, uh, oil prices, natural gas prices, all very high, right? We know that. And you know we've been talking about it, Corey, if you listen, you know, you know we've been talking about commodities are in, in you know, in, in style right now, okay? They're in, they're, they're in play. If it was me, I'd probably hold on to them. They're probably going to hit some resistance here shortly, but they have really strong resistance Right around $35, okay? Okay. I think I'd let my position run for the time being. See if it keeps running up. I think i just let it run, okay? Because okay. good time of the year, good sector, good strong sales. I kind of want to hold on to it, see what happens, okay? Gotcha. Thank you. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate the call. My focus point today why investing in your emergency fund is a bad idea. Why? Do you, why investing it is a bad idea. It is a bad idea, but why? We'll talk about that. Other topics I'm going to discuss. Retail sales numbers came out today for last month. We'll talk about that. China buying our natural gas. I kind of like it. I kind of like that China is going to be relying on natural gas from us. I'll talk about that. And again, I have a different look at inflation. Did you see what's going on with retailers? How some of them are dealing with inflation instead of marking up the prices of the item? I'll talk about that because I want to warn you what you got to look out for. Those are our talking points today. Of course, you drive the show. You're the one that drives it wherever you want it to go. So you tell me where you want to go, and that's where we will go. The market did very well today. The Dow Jones is up 1.09% or 382 points. The NASDAQ was up 74 points, which was only up a half a percent. And the S&P was up 33 points, was three quarters of a percent. So the Dow led today the 382 points. Um, did you see where the where the last couple of days, who the leaders were? What sector? It's commodities. Seemed like commodities was leading the way to me. So, why? Why? Because what I've been talking about, <laughs> inflation is not calming down. It's still there. It's not. You know, the Federal Reserve assured us months ago that it was just a spike and it would come back down. Then they changed their tone to be, well, inflation is going to be elevated. Uh, And and now they're still playing it down while we're all looking around and saying, man, I see inflation everywhere I turn. So we'll we'll see. I'm still, I'm I'm on the inflation side, have been. And you know, if you listen to the show, I have been on that 
I'm harping on inflation for months and months, and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. I don't. Maybe late next year, the year after. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how, if we get into a vicious cycle with uh, goods and services going up, salaries going up, then goods and services going up to keep up with the salaries, and salaries going up to keep up with the goods and services. If we get in that vicious cycle, which we had, what, in the 70s, late 70s, will we get into that vicious cycle? It's hard to break. There is a way to break it, but it's not pleasant. So as you might know, on Fridays, I, I, I forgo a trivia question to make room for highlights from the KPP new premium newsletter that I sent out this morning. Well, actually, I'm sending it up tomorrow morning. I finished it this morning. And that's coming up on the halfway point of the program and podcast. Fall has begun. You know it is. Uh, many parts of the country are cold. Not here in Southern California. We're not cold yet. It was kind of hot today, about 78, 80 degrees. And we're already moving through the fourth quarter. So, I mean, L.A. was 87 degrees today. That's how hot it was. Today. Tampa got to 90 degrees. So not everywhere is cold. So, America, we're headed into a quick break. This is the best talk. Hang on. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. I'm about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. No question is too simple. I wanted to ask about Teladoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a role over 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless. That's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call InvestTalk 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm calling about a stock, SK Telecom Company Limited. The ticker symbol is S for South Dakota. K for Kansas, M for Missouri, that's SKM. It just seems very, very cheap at the moment, this stock. It's a telecoms company, and it's got quite a lot of cash flow, free cash flow, $1.9 billion, and the market cap is $17.91 billion. So just wondering what your thoughts are on this stock. Okay, thank you. Bye. So this is a South Korea telephone wireless telephone company, their biggest one. Um, uh, it owns 27% of Hynex Semiconductor. Okay, okay. Okay, so they're going to make $3.37 this year, up 73% from last year. And then $3.92 next year is a $28 stock. So, yeah, it's fairly, fairly cheap. Okay, but, okay, the five-year average is 5 to 22. So it's been fairly cheap for 
you know, it, it is, it's just has been cheap. Five times $4 is $20 a share. So that's the lowest it will go. Okay, 10 times we're talking about $39. 10 times is a pretty reasonable number. Return equity is pretty low at 6%. Cash flow is large, like you suggested, but they don't pay a dividend, which is surprising. Mutual funds are not buying. Okay, and to be honest, you really, funds only own 4%. Stocks don't go up unless mutual funds participate. And they don't seem to be participating. Why, I don't know. If they paid a nice hefty dividend, which they should be in such a very large telephone company with not a lot of large growth prospects, you know, the way they attract investors is through dividends, and they're not doing that. So uh, I have a feeling you, you don't have a lot of upside potential on this stock. You just don't. I think I can go to 39, and that would be a pretty nice run from what it is to 28. But I think it's going to take work to get there. It's just not exciting. You've got to have mutual fund participation. With 4% of the float in mutual fund hands, no one's buying. That's a, I don't think it's going to, it may not go up. My focus point today concerns a story why, why investing in your emergency fund is a bad idea. It's, it's an emergency fund. Don't invest it. And I'm going to talk about it. With inflation, devaluing your money over time, it feels like, you know, you got to do something with it. Like you're wasting growth potential of that emergency money. But you know what? I don't think it's a good idea. We'll talk about it a little bit more later on. Um, 888-99-CHART is my number. 888-992-4278. Retail sales numbers came out this morning. Uh for the mo- for September, up seven tenths of percent. They expected it to be down or shrinking two tenths of percent. Instead, it was up seven tenths, and the month before it was up nine tenths. The core rate, when you exclude autos, was up eight tenths. They expected it to be up five tenths, and last month it was up two percent, two full percentage point. The core rate. Now, um, one of the so that, that's really good for stocks because that means retail, you know, consumers are spending money. But one of the reasons why they're, it's high is not maybe because they're buying more stuff. Maybe the stuff is more expensive because of inflation. Right? That's how inflation, inflation will wiggle its way into every asset aspect of society, of our economy. So I, it might be because we know oil prices, right? You know oil prices are really high. We know that, so that that increased inflation. But other parts of it, obviously with the core rate going up more than overall rate, that tells you we're living in some inflation. So the retail sales was a good report, and of course that helped spark the market today. Besides some really good earnings reports from some banks and some other sectors. So look, things are looking up, not down, up. And the market is reflecting that. So I hope you're telling your friends and family members about Invest Talk. And thanks. I want to thank you for the loyalty. I really do. I appreciate it. Justin and I really do appreciate that. Uh, if you got a portfolio to main and protect, I'm here to answer any of the questions you might have. So this is Invest Talk. Give me a call. 888 99Chart. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email 
Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24 7. Don't forget to call Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hi, it's Jordan calling from Claremont. Question I wanted to know if O P R T, opportune O P R T. Uh, was a good hold. I've been holding it for about a year and a half now. It's had quite a good gain, and I'm just wondering if something to keep holding on to you or uh, time to take profits. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, quick answer. I'd probably take profits if it was if it was my position. Optum Financial Corporation, Op- Opportune Financial Corporation out of San Carlos, California, provides personal auto loans, credit card facilities to the customers in 12 states. The reason why I'm saying I'd probably take it and leave is because it's only a $708 million company. It's pretty small. They're going to make $1.90 this year after losing $0.52 a share last year. Next year, they're going to make $2.50. At the same time, sales are actually shrinking in the last four quarters, only 3% in the most recent quarter, and that might turn around you know, this quarter, they're just, you know, they're reporting to now or pretty soon. But management owns 11%. That's good. But the five-year range of the PE, the low is three. The high is 82. Well, you know, they have a history of sporadic earnings. I just, I'm not comfortable. It's too small. I'd probably take profits and leave myself. Looks like it's coming right up against resistance at the previous high it made in um, December of 2019. So I think it's going to hit some some uh, headwinds here. Now you got to find out: is there anything specifically driving it? You know that was driving it up. Uh, if there's something that's doing that, great. Maybe that will make it go higher. But nothing from what I can see. Okay. Okay, my focus point today concerns a story about not spending your emergency funds, not investing it, not spending it, not doing anything with it, but let it sit in a boring old savings account where you're losing money to inflation. But that's the nature of an emergency fund. It's for emergencies. Sure, you can invest it, and you can make money investing. Maybe you have $5,000. Maybe you can make it to go to six. What happens if it goes to four? Let's say you say you make it to six, you take profits, you sell some positions, you have capital gains, and then the, the darn thing turns around and goes down. And now it's four. And you have to pay capital gains tax on it. On the, you, you, so it's just not a wise idea to take your emergency money and invest it because you could lose it. You could lose some of it. Yes, you can make gains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I don't know if it's too risky. Is a risk worth the reward? Remember, emergency by its nature is an emergency. What happens if your car breaks down? You got to put a new engine in. It's cost five thousand dollars. You know that that there's all kinds of things. What if your roof leaks and you had to put a new roof on your house? You know, a storm comes by. Rain. Did you know that? A leaky roof is not covered under a homeowner's policy. Now, if it's damaged by wind and that caused the leaky roof, then it's a different story. 
But if it's just leaky because it's old, you're out of luck. So, you know, that's what emergency funds are for. Don't spend them. I never, I, I, I've always had an emergency fund. I've never invested or spent it. <coughs> but that's what it's there for. On Fridays, I generally make time to fit in a quick rundown of the key benchmark numbers. Two-year Treasury yield at 0.26. It was 2.27 last week. The 10-year Treasury yield, 1.47. Last week, it was 1.48. Two weeks ago, it was 1.36. Gold price, 17.57. Last week, it was 17.47, up $10 this week. Silver, 22.52. Last week, it was 22.38, up a little bit, too. Oil selling at $75.64 a barrel. Last week, it was $74. The, you know, that... the, the the, the the week before is $72, going up, 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 up. You know, maybe we should be drilling more oil. <laughs> yeah, I know everybody wants to be green and everything, but it's costing a, a ton of money out of your pocket every day, higher gas prices. Yeah, we're going to eventually get to electric vehicles, but not for years and years and years and years. But even then, what are we, how are we going to produce electricity? I produce that. We're going to have huge demand on our electricity. Where's that coming from? Gasoline, $3.19. Last week was $3.18. California, up today, $4.40. Last week is $4.38. Texas, if you want to go someplace cheap, it's $2.81. $2.81. I'm paying $4.40. Uh, that's one of the reasons why people are moving to Texas. One of the reasons. And they don't have any state income tax either. That'd be a good reason. They do have a higher property tax rate, but the properties are much lower value, so you're not paying any more much different than you are in California. It's still cheaper there. This is Invest Talk, and if you're if you've never called, why not do it now? I really appreciate it. I'll be curious to hear your questions. I want to hear them. And I will give you my unbiased answers that I promise. Our phone lines are open and they never close. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So, don't put off learning that language. 
there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Michael in California. Uh, love the show. Listen every day. Thanks for everything you guys do. I was calling in, in regards to Ford Motor Company, ticker symbol F. I've got a position in it. I've been holding it for uh, the better part of this year. I've been selling covered calls on my position, and my cost basis is around $12.82. I've got some calls that recently came into the money at the 1450 strike. Just wondering if you think the stock is going to keep rising, kind of on the fence about whether I should roll the calls or get a sign and let them go. So if you guys could answer that, I will be listening on the podcast. Appreciate everything. Okay, you know, Ford and the other auto companies are having a nice run, and I think that's going to last a little while. <clears throat> Ford's going to make $1.85 next year to $15.70 stock. So that, will it earn a 10 PE and get up to, you know, $18? I think so. I mean, the five-year range is 6 to 41. So they're, they're, they're PE, uh, auto companies' PE usually are fairly low. Because their return on equity is usually fairly low, and Ford is 5%. That's pretty darn low. No dividend. Sales growth is 
jumped in the June quarter, 38%. But, you know, a year ago, everything was sinking, right? So they're starting to turn around. The sales are growing. This is my pro- – I don't like auto industry. I don't like uh, – I don't like automakers. I, I don't buy them. I would never buy them. Why? Well, at this point, I don't like them. They used to borrow – they used to pay high dividends, and they would borrow money to do that. Ford has a huge debt like all the other companies. And I don't think they're going to get out of debt. They're going to have to get in more debt because they're trying to go electric, right? Everything's going to go electric. You think that's cheap? That's super expensive for these companies to switch. And they're all spending billions of dollars to do so. So it's just not my favorite industry. I wouldn't be involved in Ford. I I think it might go higher. I might might get up to $20 a share. But they never really, you know, it's nothing exciting. I mean, it's not paying a dividend. <laughs> so that's not, you know, this big, huge company not paying dividends. Cause why? Because they need the money. I don't know. Not my style. The KPP Premium Newsletter went out today. I fin- well, going out tomorrow. I finished it today. I keep forgetting that we're not saying out in the afternoon anymore. We're saying out Saturday mornings. So uh, in the market condition section, the main section, the first section, I explained, we just finished yet another volatile week, one more in a continuing series. We are getting used to the large swings in prices, and things are likely to stay this way. Whenever there is a major policy change by the Federal Reserve, which I said at the top of the show, or the speculation of a coming policy change, stock prices tend to become much more volatile. The Fed has announced it will start reducing bond purchasing. They'll start reducing that in November. That means they're going to start tightening the money supply. Now, just reducing the bond purchases is a very, very soft tightening step. They're trying not to upset anybody. But there is that is a change in policy. So they're tightening the money supply, just slowly putting on a little break. That's all. That's it. Not raising interest rates, not even talking about it. So this is the very first step, and I mentioned that in the letter. Tighter money with higher interest rates means slower economic growth. And with inflation running at an elevated rate, investors are getting very worried about what the Fed may do about the future. Well, I can tell you, and I think investors know, we're, we're moving toward tightening, not, 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 not loosening anymore. It's changed. Tightening. Inflation keeps going. If it keeps being elevated, they want to. They will eventually someday want to put, you know, tamp that down. So that's what I'm talking about in that first section. So I also mentioned: is the correction over? And I speculated it might very well be. It was only five to seven percent, but it might very well be over. And so don't. Therefore, you should be. You know, don't. And could you could see some further weakness? And I mentioned that, but I would buy any bargains you see out there. Portfolio, man, uh, portfolio management section. I talked about buying an individual stock compared with a was compared with portfolio management overall. Buying individual stocks is very very different than managing a portfolio of individual stocks, and you have to understand the difference. You are managing a portfolio. Almost everybody uh, listening to me are managing a group of stocks. Very few of you have one or two stocks. You have more. Well, if you have one or two, 
that's buying individual stocks. That's very risky. You could do it, but you really should be building a portfolio. And the portfolio management section says you need to do it purposely, purposely. Okay, not by accident. Not say, well, I bought this stock and then I bought that stock, I bought this stock. And you should first decide what kind of investor you want to be and what their portfolio needs to reflect that. That's what it should, the first decision. How much risk do you want to take? Do you understand how to measure that? See, that's what the, that's what the, uh, I explained that in the portfolio management section to some degree. Not in detail because I don't have the space, but. Stock ideas. Two, I get two every week, as you know. I mentioned a company created by a combination of generic drug developer and well, a well-established drug unit. Company should start to grow its sales in the double digits. It has a lot of debt. That was its burden. Maybe it might be something to think about. I also mentioned a company that is the world's largest iron ore miner and one of the largest diversified miners. It's a pretty big blue chip stock that you might want to consider. Okay? Consumers watch. Talked about insurance being a tool. Talked about life insurance, three kinds of life insurance. Talked about car, home, and life, and how to get a cheaper, pay cheaper premiums by combining them in one, under one policy and getting an umbrella policy. We talked about that off and on over the years, but I mentioned it more specific in the consumers watch section. There's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter, and it comes out every week. It's easy for you to subscribe. You can do it directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll receive the full report each Saturday directly in your inbox. Okay? Investtalk.com. Sign up. Let's go to Dan in Walnut Creek. Hi, Dan. Hey there, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Yeah, I had a question. Yeah, of course. Um, I have a question with regards to um, when I look at um, the um, the prices of like maybe like crude, Brent crude. Uh-huh. Um, how does that correlate to stock prices for um, companies like Chevron, Exxon, those kinds? Okay, so well, you remember they're, they're those companies, Chevron and Exxon, are huge integrated companies. So. They they not only they explore for oil, they drill for oil, they refine the oil, and then they sell it. Okay, so they're integrated all throughout that oil system. So rising prices helps them. Okay, but don't really? think that because prices go down that they suffer. Because what happens is they have profits all the way along. They have a profit for drilling it and getting it out of the ground. They have that's a profit center. They have a profit for refining it. They have a profit for selling the gasoline. So, you know, they play with those numbers to make sure that they make overall profits from one of those three sections. Now, today, they're going to make all profits from all three, you know, of their integrated businesses. It's just going to be that because everybody's expecting high prices. And to be honest, uh, Dan, when people expect higher prices, higher prices come just by the expectation. So don't expect that the fall prices are going to go up. It's going to go up. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks Thank for the you, call. Brad. Appreciate it. Yeah, those big integrated companies don't have any problem with prices going down or up. They just change where they're going to make their profits. Now, if the oil 
tanks like it did a couple of years ago during COVID. It went to, what, $19 a barrel or something, $17 a barrel? Now they are big trouble, right? Because that is way below their cost. That lasted, what, less than a month? So now we have a huge demand, and OPEC is not pumping any more out. And we are we have kind of tightened, we being as a country, tightened, tightened uh uh, exploration and drilling and building pipelines, we, we've been tightening that up. We don't allow that to happen. You know, so, you know, that constricts. And even if it's not constricting today, see, remember, everybody's looking forward. It will constrict in the future because you're not drilling today. You're not building more pipelines. You're not, you know, going into fracking. And I'm not trying to be political. I'm just stating facts. That constricts. So that means prices go up. And now we're, you know, we're a little bit more dependent on OPEC to drill and take the slack. And they want to keep the prices up, too. You know, so that's how it works. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. China, okay, I, I read this today. I said, man, I, everybody's got to know this. Okay, this is interesting. And I think it's good for us. China... There's five major Chinese energy companies in negotiations with the United States, major producers of natural gas in the United States, to buy liquefied natural gas. These are huge contracts, tens of billions of long-term contracts, long-term buying of our natural gas. We have... I think it was 500 years supply of natural gas. We are like flooded. We are so blessed, we mean in the United States, with the, with this kind of energy. And China is doesn't have hardly any. Being a huge country that you know space-wise, they don't they don't have a lot of energy sources. So, liquefied natural gas means you got to really you got to freeze it to make it liquefied so you can condense it so you can ship it. And we only have one or two terminals of that in the Gulf, and we're, it takes years and years and years to build more. And there are a couple, I think, uh, uh, under construction now. What I like about this is just like OPEC had made us dependent on them, which means we had to be very politically aware of what's going on in the Middle East, this could make China be kind of dependent on us like we have been dependent on them for for manufacturing for all these years right we're just now waking up to that unpleasant reality well maybe if we can get china dependent on our liquid financial gas we can pull some strings there can't we i kind of like this idea i kind of like it for some reason it's making me feel good i hope they do it I'm pretty sure they're going to do it because they need the energy. Need it. They need it. I just hope we do it smart. That's what I hope. Let's keep things moving and pivot back to Invest Talk Voice Bank. Here's a question that came in earlier. Hi, this is Dan from Idaho. I know you guys have talked about AT&T previously. AT&T has come down about 20% and they're getting ready to cut their dividend. I was wondering what a good starting point, buying point would be for AT&T with the goal of looking for income. Thanks a lot. Bye. 
I think it's really right here in the 20s, low 20s. I think that's where you want to be a buyer. I mean, it's at 25.70 now. Um, the lowest has been for the last since 2001. It made a low of about $20. 2001. So you had to go all the way back there to get to that, the low of $20. And right now it's 25. So I think it's a pretty good place to buy. Yeah, they're not going to be paying 8%. Okay, remember they sold Time Warner, which is a was a big cash flow. They sold Time Warner so they can concentrate on billing out the 5G network, <clears throat> which I think is a smart thing to do. Uh, I have no problem with selling Time Warner. And they're going to cut their dividend. So it's 8% now. They're going to maybe cut it in half to 4 Still a very strong dividend. And at the price, I don't know. I, I kind of like it at this price. I do. AT&T. Symbols T, everybody. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Now, we, we've, I've been talking about inflation, right? And inflation getting out of control. I don't, I don't want to say it's out of control. I don't. But <clears throat> I've been... With expectations, as I said, if the consumer expects inflation, it makes it much easier for the corporations to pass along the costs. What I don't like is what I'm seeing in the corporations of some of them, not a lot, but some of them, how they're passing along that cost, right? How are they doing it? Well, you know, you could just raise your prices, right? That seems to be pretty straightforward, and we all know that that will happen, and we're all, well, we have to just accept it. But some companies are not raising prices, but they're adding a fee. You want an example? Sherman, paying for Sherman Williams is doing it. They're having a, adding a 4% supply chain fee. After you, buy all, uh, after you buy the paint, then they slap on a 4%. Now, airlines have been doing this fee business for some time. This way they can advertise, everybody can advertise lower prices than really is actually. They're just, they think we're stupid. Frontier Communications added a $6.99 monthly fee for infrastructure surcharge. Come on. Give me a break. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, help you become financially free how are we going to achieve that we'll help you with that we really will so give us a call get your questions in now 888-99-CHART you are listening to invest talk we've seen the markets go up then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is Zach from Minnesota. Got a question about Discover Financial Services, DFS. Been a long-term holder of the position done fairly well recently i'm just calling to get your thoughts on it overall all right thank you i think it's a good play i think it's a good stock discover financial services issues credit cards in north america provides payment for processing and credit and debit card transactions it's going to make 17 dollars 10 this year up 375 percent from the layer before 
then come down to 1281 next year. So you might be hitting some resistance here at $129, but even if it comes down to $12.81, that PE is a little less than 10. Now, their range is 3 to 25, so it's not like that's super cheap. It's not. But it's not very expensive. Uh, it's not, and the return on equity is 10%. Cash flow is very strong at $4.28. They pay a dividend 1.5%. They have some debt. Um, I, I think if if you have a lot of profit, I might take some off the table, but I wouldn't sell the whole thing. I would not. DFS is the symbol. D is in dog. F is in Frank. S is in Sam. DFS, Discovery Financial Services. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We have earnings... We have earnings coming out this week, and they look pretty strong. I'll talk about that a little bit more before the end of the show. Let's go to uh, King, Gene. Let's go to G- Jim in Washington. Jim. Yeah, hey, Steve. Uh, I had a question on Nucor. I I bought a position in it when I was about 95 bucks, and you know, it went up a little bit. It's kind of been right around the $100 mark, and I know we're coming up on earnings. I just I heard... Uh, I heard Justin say something about um, about the steel industry being a little bit cyclical, and uh, anyway, I anyway I don't know. I'm, I was just thinking, you know, it's a commodity. Would I be better off sticking with Nucor or going for like an iron ore type stock? Oh. Okay, Nucor Corporation, symbol NUE, manufactures steel and steel products for the automotive, construction, machinery, and appliance industries. If we pass an infrastructure bill, that would be very good for the steel industry. Uh, they're going to make $21 a share this year, huge increase from last year. Next year, they're going to make 14 so it's going to come way down. Sales have been growing very strong the last three quarters. It's a hundred and one dollar stock, and it's going to make fourteen dollars. So that means the PE is going to is what eight, nine, and the range is six to twenty. Steel companies usually have low PE ratios, but if they're going to make the money that I think they're going to make, this is they are very low PE ratio. So uh, I think it's it's hitting some resistance where it is now on the upside. Uh, I think it might go back to 120 at the very least. And I think I'd hold on to it for the time being. You know, inflation's not going to hurt this company. Not going to hurt. So, NUE, I, I think I'd hold on to it if you own it. Appreciate the call, Jim. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. 888-99-CHART. So, earnings season. We're starting to roll us a number. I saw that the, some financial numbers were pretty darn strong. Um, and I think that plus the strong retail sales this morning has pushed the stock prices up the last couple of days. Now, I think earnings are going to be good this season. And I think they're going to be even better the next quarter. Despite the supply chain disruptions, I still think the earnings are going to be good. I don't think the supply chain disruptions are going to be that negative for the holiday season. I really don't. I think the holiday season is going to be a pretty good one. Yes, there's going to be spot shortages of supply. 
But for corporations, spot shortages means higher prices and more profits. That's what that means. But I don't think they're going to worry. I still think we'll have a good Christmas season. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about the show. We'd love to have you have them download and listen. Just tell them to listen once. See if they like what they hear. Anyways, get your free downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and be sure to review and rate us. You can do that on iTunes. Each positive rating helps everything. Helps helps us, helps the show, helps us get more listeners. So I really appreciate it. But you rate how, us how you think you we should deserve. I'm not trying to influence you there. Independent thinking, shared success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.